This is Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice, with me, Michael Kuehl. And me, Roger Bell West. It's chilly still here. Um, we're almost through the winter here in High, High Wycombe. Those of you who are knee-deep in snow in North America um, can uh, can sneer at our, our, our petty inconveniences. Yeah, but you'll probably lose internet till it's fixed anyway, so you'll be, you'll be hearing this in the Great Thaw. Lucky you. <laughs> floodplains, floodplains. Don't build on the floodplains. But money. Yeah, that's true, I'm afraid. Anyway. Houses on stilts is the way to go in the future. Yeah, they can get washed away really effectively. You're, yeah, all right. This month we're going to be talk, talking about whether you w- want to live forever and do you want to be a hero whilst you do it. Also, character generation, it's its a thing that's subject to fashion and at the moment doing char- all the characters together actually at the table during a game session seems to be somewhat in the ascendant. So we'll take a look at that and what's good and bad about it. But first, you wanted to thank some people. Yes, uh, Brian Parker and Brett Evel have both dropped some money in our chip jar. Thank you very much, gentlemen. This really does encourage us to keep doing this. We are we are moved to say thank you very much, Gov. Gov. Thank you very much, Gov. Gov. And if you would like to uh, join them, paypal.me slash rogerbw will reach us and say, say what it's for so that I know I should share it with Mike. He does, you know. He honestly does. He, he tells me that he gives me a full half value on the whole thing. He tells me. But first... Uh, We still continue to receive um, early notice and samples of of the stuff that the Bundle of Holding is uh, putting out, and... Roger would like to mention one of the things that's going to be on offer when you hear this, if you're hearing this early enough. Yeah, so this is the One Ring 2nd Edition starter set. So I think this is about the fifth attempt at a, at a Roll to the Rings RPG. Um, yeah. Sixth, if you count the 2nd Edition as a new game. Uh, there, there was Merp, which I played quite a bit, but it was basically cut down Rollmaster. Um mm. The same publisher at the same or similar time did Lord of the Rings Adventure Game. Why? Why would you want two separate role-playing games in the same expensive setting? Anyway, uh, uh, then Decipher yeah. did Lord of the Rings RPG. Cubicle Seven did the One Ring First Edition, and at the same time, Adventures in Middle Earth. Uh, why? Never mind. Never mind. Uh, anyway, now, now um, <laughs> you will n- notice. You will notice that the, that one of the other offers in the bundle of holding. Is somebody creating a D and D version of Numenera, which may uh, partially account for the multiple versions of? Um, well, uh, gotta say, if if you like Numenera but you find the system frankly unconvincing, and I certainly find the system frankly unconvincing, and there may be there may be good stuff in the setting, it might be a better rule system to play it with. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, this is written um, still by Francesco Nepitello, who wrote the first edition. He also is the co-designer of the War of the Ring board game. And uh, Lorenzo Parassi, whom I don't know from other things. Uh, it has specialised dice, but it's really a matter of, you know, an 11 has this effect, a 12 has this effect. You could do than... it with a look-up. You could do it with a look-up table. Yeah, it, it doesn't need special symbols. Yeah. Though I'm sure they would happily sell you custom dice. It's a weird sort of system. Uh, you, you've got three stats, strength, wits, and heart. 
Ah, uh, you've got to have heart. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the most important power of all. Um, and these are basically 1 to 20, and your, your target number is 20 minus that. So you're, you're doing a strength-related thing. You, you, you roll your skill dice, and you have to exceed the inverse of your strength. Okay. And you get always a d12, and then a number of d6s based on how much of the relevant skill you have. There's also endurance and hope, and it's all, yeah, it's very much tied to the setting. Mm. This is not, what... as some people uh, had hypothesised, uh, Free League bring it into their house system. It is definitely a second edition of the same game. Uh, the setting is interesting because it's 2960 Third Age, as, uh, as the Tolkien fans among you will instantly recognise. That's 20 years after The Hobbit. And about and the, 60 years before The Lord of the Rings. So this is the time when the darkness is growing over Middle-earth. It's, it's a period of, of boding. Hmm. A lot of boding. Though presumably uh, not everywhere, because in the Shire, for example, nobody seems to worry about it much. Uh, yes, they're, they're, they're being determinedly cheer, cheerful, or they're just obtuse. The... The the thing is that this is um, a, a setting with a predestination that's that's almost as heavy as Call, call of, of uh, Cthulhu. You know, as players, that eventually uh, there will be the return of the king and the, the breaking of the One Ring, but it's a long, hard slog to get to there. And to hold back the darkness in the meantime. The the feeling I'm getting is less Call of Cthulhu and more Pendragon. Oh uh, yes, that's true. You know, he, here is this ultimate destined story that is going to happen, yeah. but um, not yet. And now, to be fair, I think the scope and scale of this game are relatively small. I mean, there is there is bad stuff going on, but yeah, you, you're not going to be coming up against a ringwraith that you could kill before times or anything like that. They they are big, scary, and far away, and you hope they remain that way. So, I mean, I, I don't think it's intended, at least in this starter set, um, yeah. that that you should get involved in in the in the grand epic events. Though, in the longer term, I can't help thinking that if you have a Lord of the Rings game, you probably want to do Lord of the Ringsy stuff. I I I my impression from the first edition, which I ran a little bit of was that it was quite easy to suffer early degrees of corruption by the uh, by the part and and choose it you didn't have to choose to be corrupt frightening um encounters with with the darkness and you're traveling through darkness infested areas mm-hmm. um is go- is going to be enough to start you on a on a on a downward path it's um is, 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 is I, the reason I said said uh, Call of Cthulhu? Though there is a there is an aspect of Pendragon as well. Is that um, is that it feels very much like sanity points and being corroded and mm-hmm. um, I found it a little depressing. But um, I don't know enough about the second edition, and it is going. If to it's allow too depressing, you, to... you hand it over to Scandinavians. Ah, this is made by Italians, isn't it? Um, uh, yes, uh, but, but it's now being published by Free League. Ah, they know a good depressing thing when they see one. Um, I, 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 it wasn't my thing, but it was a very finely crafted thing and a nice bit of game systems, I seem to recall. 
and it's the one of the many iterations of a Lord of the Rings RPG that's still in print and you can get stuff for, which may also be a consideration. Yeah, there is a huge amount, there's probably a huge amount on drive-through of uh, stuff from the previous ed- editions. Um, our mutual friend Hartley uh, probably still has the uh, all the maps from uh, the um, from the Iron Crown uh, version um, over his walls, and they are magnificent and yeah. useful if you want to use them. Though, do bear in mind, um, it, it's a licensed setting. Yeah. Therefore, stuff vanishes. I mean, the lo- looking for example for a random book that I have from a previous bundle. Uh, of Adventures of Middle-earth when that was shutting down um it's only available in German on drive through RPG so hmm. what keep your own private archives as always but yeah. th- this is the version that you can you can buy now above board and take it taking a look at it the uh, the starter set contains some nice maps some nice stuff and um and a gentle way into um system. It, it looks like a, a good job well done for something that I'm not particularly enthused about myself, but other people maybe. Yeah, I mean, I was enthused by The Lord of the Rings when I read it as a teenager, and other people have done the thing since, not not perhaps on such a good linguistic level, but I think epic fantasy mm-hmm. to, at this point has just been done. To the point that I don't want to read any of it, even the stuff I enjoyed when I was a teenager. Oh dear! Well, I, I, as is well known, have much more coarse literary taste, and uh, I don't know that I want I want to role play in Tolkien's universe. But it, it is, if you do, this is the way to do it. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be fair to say that Merp was really a generic fantasy RPG with a whole bunch of Tolkien attached to it. The magic system, for example, was nothing to do with anything that Tolkien had anything to do with. Yeah. Uh, whereas this um, is very much more... No, this this is not a fantasy game in general. This is a specifically Lord of the Rings game. We, we've got endurance and hope and heart. We've got uh, corruption, as you say. Yeah. It, it has... Um... Uh, and that, but and I, I don't know. Perhaps I found the inevitability of corruption to be one of the things uh, that I, uh, that I, I do not like to, um, I do, do not like to play, play with. I like, uh, I think it undermines the agency of uh, others at the core of, um, of role playing. Also, as we previously discussed, if anybody's going to have a character who does the right things and has the best chance of avoiding corruption, it's likely to be you. Not that you're stereotyped, you're just more comfortable playing that way. It's true, we're, we're going to come back to that in a moment. Um, yeah, do you want to say anything else? I, I sort of praised it with Frank No, Zams. I mean, there it is. It is just a starter set, so you get a couple of adventures. I think there's a little pack of four adventures and, and a bit of other stuff, but it, it, it's it's not the full rules, it's not the full game. Um, but not a bad option as a taste. Yeah. And that's till the 6th of March. Future Roger would like to do some self promotion. My localization of the Cthulhu Eternal rule set for the Second World War is now freely available. There'll be links in the show notes.
Right then. Given, as we just mentioned, my proclivity for playing um, the noble and and a self-sacrificial type, I want to ask a question, um, which is, what exactly is a hero? And a follow-up question, which goes, do players actually want to play heroes, mostly? Because... I'm, what I'm going to say is going to sound snobbish and old gentlemanly. But every nowadays, everybody who does an important job is a hero. Everybody who is um, doing something for the community, whether they are in the health service or in the police or in the fire brigade, everybody in the rhetoric of the day is a hero. And I'm not sure that's true. I well, it's a lot think... cheaper to call somebody a hero than to pay them a living wage. This is true, uh, and the uh, and the, and the, the I, it started before before that every every squaddy in the nineteen eighties was a hero because we'd just been to the Falklands War, but. Uh, some it, it's very selective. Some people aren't seen as heroes, even if they likely are. Um, I'm thinking bitterly of the way teachers are treated in our modern culture. But that's by by the by. What I think is that heroism, what I want to call heroism, is above and beyond the call. Is putting your yourself between those you are protecting and danger. That yeah, I mean, is, the, the, the easy option is this person is less greedy than me. Therefore, he's a hero. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, does a hero need to be a protagonist in a game? Uh, I don't it, think so, but it, it, it there certainly tends to be a correlation. You tell the stories about the interesting people, usually. Yeah. And but if, if, pre- if you do a you know lower decks, uh, the other guys sort of thing, it's usually a deliberate choice to go against that. Th- thinking of um, of the, the episode of Babylon 5, w- which is from the view of the guys cleaning up the mess, rather yeah. than the command staff who are otherwise the stars of the show. Yeah, I've seen I've seen things like that on uh, on Star Trek. But a hero probably should be a, the, a protagonist, should be a player character, because uh, if you're just watching the, the things that uh, Admiral Hornblower or or Flashman, to take a contrary example, do. He looks like a hero, even if he's not. Uh, his best efforts. Ah, uh, well, yeah, he'd, he'd much rather a quiet life. There is that to be said for him. Um, that uh, you don't want to be in the position of watching the other guys do, do things, which is a problem with Pendragon, as we've said in the past. But a protagonist doesn't have to be a hero. And I think there is, in modern games, a tendency to go for um, not heroes, for competent people, for iconic people, but not for people who are necessarily heroes. And maybe I'm deluding myself. Maybe it's that other people see their characters as heroes when I don't. Every man is a hero of his own story though no man is a hero to his valet. Hmm. Two, two sayings that I try to keep in mind. So, is is heroism 
commonplace? Is it easy to do? Um, I think by definition it's not commonplace. If everybody does it, then then you don't say this guy's a hero. Yeah. Um, But we we have... I I think the the modern use of superhero um, has tended to confuse things. People with extraordinary gifts doing extraordinary things become heroes because why? Exactly. Um, Superman, objectively speaking, needs fear very few things in the universe. And the writers have to work very, very hard to make sure he keeps running into them. Hmm. Um, so Batman is, uh, is Batman a hero? Batman's a, a rich guy who likes to go around beat, beating up people less skilled than him. He's a hero in his own head. Yes. Um, that's, all, that's also, also true. Is Wonder Woman a hero? Um... Maybe, kind of, sort of. <laughs> um, she is, again, a, a superbly pow- powerful, skilled person who is projecting her culture's values at the rest of the, the universe. I, uh, My friend Lee Gold has written a novel about a woman who dies in a fire and finds herself um, in Valhalla because the uh, the the Valkyries reckon that turning back to go into the fire to rescue uh, yet another person is uh, is good enough for for uh, the rewards of a Viking hero, and you can't really argue with that. Mm. It's a stick I actually think I first saw in. Uh, in a Thor comic, when um, the character called the Valkyrie there um, reminded everybody that she was a death goddess. Um, so that self sacrifice is at the core of being a hero. But death I, I, is not necessarily the Victoria Cross described as an award for that was really amazing. Now never do it again. The first in, in the unlikely to... event you survived doing it the first time, <laughs> the first person to do it to to get, gain the Victoria Cross uh, scooped a, a shell that was about to explode off the deck of his ship and threw it over the side. Um, he wasn't an officer before, but he was one shortly afterwards, and um, that is going into danger without the expectation of survival. Yeah, living through it, death is death is not necessarily a qualification for heroism, and it's not a necessary qualification for heroism, but it's often very convincing. I think in, in the context of role playing games, that's relatively a minor consideration because, but you know, protagonists are mostly about staying alive. Yeah, and, unless it's one of the exceptions, like Pendragon, like sometimes Call of Cthulhu, where where the the great sacrifices and it can be an important part of. The story, yes, but they, those uh, are exceptions. I think. I think, uh, I think it should be. Uh, I, I sort of feel it, uh, there should be an, uh, an etiquette uh, amongst role players, <laughs> to, um, at least, to recognise the moment at which 
you are probably so screwed you might you might as well take them with you. Fewer people do this than I would expect. Um, but maybe that's because I have got the, the heroic death stuck in my own conscious because I'm so aware, touch wood, I'm very unlikely ever to have the chance to face one. Touch wood, touch wood. Uh, I'm a coward in real life, all right? Devoted it, honestly. Fair enough. I do think genre makes a difference. I, I couldn't help notice when you um, mentioned this beforehand that I think a lot of modern noir misses the point, or things that are described as noir. Noir is not everything is horrible, everything is rotten, everything is corrupt. It's that, and here is a man who is not himself mean, who is neither tarnished nor afraid. You look at yeah. your classic noir, I mean, your, your, your Maltese Falcon, uh, brackets third iteration of the film, <laughs> and it it gets that point. The, the, the point is that your protagonist is actually honourable, and nobody else is. Nobody else can cope with that. They just assume, have, well, obviously, you know, if I bribe you enough, you you will be bought. I get, I get the impression that Sam Spade was written um, and is played to a certain degree as somebody who is fairly adaptable in their morals, but there is a is a, is a point at which he won't go beyond. Yeah, I mean, there, there are and, things that he doesn't regard as important or touching on his honour, but there are things that definitely are, and one of them would be conniving at the death of his buddy. Yeah. And the uh, that that's a that that is a fairly low uh, bar to leap over, but it is uh, but it's surprising that you find it in that in that uh, that demi um degraded world uh, at all. It it seems to me that that is the entire point of noir that you get that contrast. Between yeah. the degraded world and the actual hero, and and a world in which the hero is just as bad as everybody else, as as you've mentioned in the context of Blades in the Dark, yeah, doesn't feel as if it's got that same noir feel to me. I if if I were playing that, I think I would have to be trying to play an actual honourable criminal. And um, that is difficult to do when you're. Your entire uh, your entire shtick is planning and then carrying out um, a a very uh, a thoroughly dishonourable and uh, and dangerous thing. I know. <laughs> well, one of these days I may try playing it and find find out what All happens. Right. Selflessness is, is definitely a big part of it. Um, robbing from the rich and giving to the giving poor. Giving to the poor. Yeah. <laughs> Not just part one. Yeah. The, uh, there's also a degree of style, I think, associated with it, with he- heroes. I mean, I, I mean mm. yeah, you probably don't feel... You probably should respect somebody who's going into, into a deadly danger, weeping and wetting themselves. But uh, somebody who, who tosses it off with a fine insouciance, definitely has more points for style. I, I don't think a, a hero needs to be um, needs to be totally free of vices. Um, I don't even think that he needs to spend the rest. If he survives, 
his moment of heroism. He even needs to spend um, the rest of his life uh, being a good person. Um, the, the example of Schindler comes to mind. Well, uh, I, I think I, we I think we're conflating multiple meanings of hero, and they they don't all sit together. I mean, there is do, doing the the thing. You know, you you have the one choice put in front of you, and you take it. You you make the right choice, and you follow up the implications of that. Yeah, and they, uh, they, there's your Schindler. But there is also you know the the classic role playing paladin who who makes that choice not once but their entire life. Yeah, paladins are great fun to play, play in a pain in the ass to everybody else. <laughs> oh, I was also going to bring up uh, the fact that George the Fifth, I think it was, said that he never wanted to use the uh, part of the the writ that founded the Victoria Cross, which says you can take it away from people. He said that even if somebody was condemned to death, uh, having uh, won the Victoria Cross, he should be allowed to wear it to the gallows. And I think that is, um, from a storytelling point of view, uh, a much be- uh, better thing than saying take away all their awards and degrade them utterly. Um, I think well, in, which, t- in uh, terms of the modern narrative, it does make things more complicated. I re- one of the reasons I, I try to avoid uh, mainstream news sources these days is the, the way somebody has to be presented as absolutely good in all respects or absolutely bad in all respects and not, you know, actually human. Yeah, um, it's 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 a bit of the mo- of the a modern culture I find um, entire, entire, entirely ridiculous, and um, I suspect it's it's a, it's the result of people uh, watching too many Hollywood movies, but also too I many... think being asked to keep track of too many people. You get past the Dunbar number. You you can't remember them as individuals anymore. You you need a shorthand, and and good and bad are easy shorthands. Um, I, 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 well, why would I want to remember the bad people? I suppose to avoid them. So so yeah, so you don't do business with them again. Yeah, oh, that's what credit rating uh, agencies are for. <laughs> also, common sense, but but people keep giving uh, Donald Trump money when he doesn't need it. So maybe that uh, that last precaution is not is not valid. Uh, I I I actually have to say that I'm not sure I can handle as many people as the Dunbar numbers theoretically is. My memory for um, who I'm talking to is has been vague for decades, and is getting worse probably. All right. So is it fun to play a hero? Is it fun? And what's the reasons not to play a hero? I think that playing a hero, I mean, again, the classic paladin can be oversimplistic. Mm. You you can reduce, and, and unless the the GM is going to throw in actual genuine ethical dilemmas, that the paladin generally has an answer for what is the right thing to do in this situation, and they do it, and eventually it will kill them probably. But in, uh... but the, you know that as a ro- looked at as a role playing challenge. You're not having hard decisions to make. I think the thing we said mo- most o- often in uh, my recent Dungeon World campaign was to say to the paladin, "Yes, they may be evil, but don't ask your god about it just yet." Hmm. 
because you have to keep you have to keep the paladin on a leash and not let him him be aware of it. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, that they there is uh, a difference between practical and heroic. There is a uh, there can be a conflict between practicality and heroism. And realism comes into this too. You know, I mean. Are we are we going to set everything to rights, or are we going to set to rights the things that can be set to rights in this imperfect and imperfectible world? Yes, and heroism heroism is um, a an all or no, an all or nothing thing at the moment of the heroism, but it's it's almost impossible to be a hero all your life. It's almost impossible to be anything all your life, um, unless your life is very short, which the heroes may be about to be. The, the pleasure for me is, is, a, is, is, I think, in doing the right thing and doing it with style. Um, it doesn't help if the other players... It sort of puts um, a certain amount of... Um, it sort of spoils the effect if the other players are looking at you as if you are a lunatic and not as if I, <laughs> my, I wish I wish uh, I was brave enough uh, to do that. And they will frequently say, "No, hang on a minute. I'm sure we can fix this without any extreme measures." Is something I've heard a large number of times. I think I think if you're going to do heroism. You probably want to have a, a, a set of fellow players who can read you um, and the situation pretty well. But most players, I think, are going to go and try and do something less than perfect and um, and get away. Well, we've talked before about the roots of genre fantasy in the western and thus the roots yeah. of role playing um but but you know westerns are not short of heroes in whatever sense you like i mean they they may well be gritty and perfect heroes but there are plenty of heroes whose teeth go ting as well um oh, you do it for randall scott randall <laughs> scott but there there has certainly been a transition and it may may well have been in, in the in the early eighties, I was reading White Dwarf along with essentially every other role player in the UK. Yeah, um, and that didn't really seem to be a thing. But as things went on, I was most I wasn't there wasn't a general magazine. I was reading most you know mostly ge- either general articles from the US or just things things that my own players said. Uh-huh. And I kind of missed the the what we might call the rise of the murder hobo. The um, I'm sure it was always out there. This is just yeah. I wasn't aware of it. Uh, I, the, I think the, the, was... the party that will kill everything, strip everything in the dungeon that's not nailed down, and they brought a claw hammer with them just in case. Yeah. Um, and you know, this is obviously fun to play. I don't think it would be fun to play for very long, but it's there. Yeah, and that's what some players like. So. I don't. I. I. I have a feeling it was, it was a thing in in role playing circles which formed of their own accord, 
in American schools where your GM didn't know what oh, the the original wargaming GMs were probably in their thirties, forties even when they when they started doing it um, out of the uh, the the wargaming clubs. Uh, the Gary uh, Gygax and Dave Arnson were um, uh, were involved with. Well, Arnson was was born in 1947, so in in his 30s when the books were first coming out. Yeah, so we got, uh, but we're then you then you t- tumble it towards it, it tumbles into the hands of teenagers and even pre-teenagers who are running it with a bunch of their contemporaries and kids of that age. I speak feelingly and out of my own memory are a bit <laughs> savage. They are not. They had. They are. They have. God bless them. They're at the bottom of the rung of power, apart from actual toddlers, and they are. Well, they can they beat have, each other up a bit. They did. Yes, they have power fantasies hmm. to be. Uh, uh, to well, be. Uh, I've, I've always fed. assumed that this was why the popularity of superhero comics as well. Yeah. True. Um, if yeah, I, and particularly the secret identities, you know, here is somebody who looks like a normal person, but really he can. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, the, the Billy Billy Batson, the secret identity of uh, of Captain Marvel, who's now tediously called Shazam, um, is uh, is 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 a is a boy who turns into a huge hulking man who can fly and has muscles on his muscles. And uh, that is that is the the primary example of power fantasy being. Um, but there are other types of fantasies, I think, and hmm. the fantasy of heroism is one of them. I'm not sure where I got this from. Um, maybe reading too much uh, Milfic, uh, where turning to your comrades and, uh, as the ship starts to go down and saying it has been a uh, it has been an honour to serve with you is definitely a thing. I think to some extent one needs uh, cooperation not only between players but between players and GM. Um, yeah. If doing the good and heroic thing is just going to get your character killed, then that's not particularly fun. It's it well no it would be nice if well it would be nice if if more GMs had the um, had the nous and didn't need. Um, uh, and didn't they, and and could read that situation, but uh, maybe maybe if you're going to do, uh, do this, you should turn to the GM and say, "Don't try and stop me. I know what I'm doing." And uh, the GM is likely to to think, "Well, that's not going to work. That's just stupid," which is a sad thing in 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 our in our current current universe. I, I think note passing may be helpful here because it will have it will have a greater effect on the players if they don't know it's coming. The other players yeah. are thinking. Here's it, here is your composition task. Uh, uh, write, write the note to be passed to your, the GM begging him to give you a heroic death and don't make it ineffective please. I'm not <laughs> sure I could get my handwriting isn't good enough that I could pass that sort of r- note convincingly but then I suppose there are chat channels nowadays. Yeah, I, I would just point out that Jitsi does have a private message function. <laughs> right, you are. <laughs> uh, so I, I think the answer is that some people want to play heroes. 
but not not yeah. all of them and not all the time. Mm. Um, we we mentioned uh, anti-heroes in passing, and my feeling is that that can work, but not in a not with a group of protagonists. Because your anti-hero is is a loner because nobody understands him. Uh, or nobody understands what he has to do, or whatever. Well, let's have a look. Hang on. Let me have a look at the literary definitions. Oh well, if, if, if you're going to bring in actual knowledge. Oh. Well, I think I feel I feel I ought to. You know, I I I have. A, pardon me, edited this bad, but my sodding keyboard keeps cutting out, and I have, have you no idea. It for weevils? I'd have to disassemble it to do that. <laughs> Lure them out with an oat. Let us not look up. The literary definitions <laughs> of anti-hero, but uh, yeah, it's it, it's all tied in with um, post World War Two angst and uh, stuff like that. I'm not sure where the first anti-hero comes in. I, uh, I think, in in a general sense, it it would be a protagonist who proceeds in an unheroic manner. Yeah, basically, but that, that... You know, uh, as someone who is a criminal, who is a coward. I mean, your Flashman is a good example of this. Yeah. Uh, um, all, all he wants is is to be very rich and to be left alone with his floozy of the moment, but he he keeps on ending up being asked to do incredibly dangerous things and somehow surviving them, mostly by running away at the right moment. Well, Flashman is a parody of of the Victor of the Victorian sure. hero, um, but, but I, I think uh, he's a good example for this purpose. Okay, and and th- that 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 is a comedic antihero, and I don't think they have to be. They. The thing is, yeah, I don't think I don't think you could have a group of antiheroes, and if if a, a group of otherwise normal for Norfolk, um, if a group of otherwise normal uh, role playing uh, uh, characters discover that they have in their midst somebody who is that rotten, they may act um, they may react badly actually, as reflecting on their own honour. Or at least liable to get them into into trouble with the police. Well, if you've got one antihero in a group of more conventional protagonists, yeah, then he may well be regarding them as tools to be used in in his quest, as uh, apart from uh, as as well as the NPCs. If you've got one antihero in a group of antiheroes, that gets more interesting because, assuming they they have the same goals, they're not just casually betraying each other all the time. Then that is a good characteristic in the conventional sense, and they are no longer pure antiheroes. Um, yes, I, uh, they have a limited loyalty to each other, and uh, I think the three... and, and and the pure antihero doesn't have that because everything is for the goal. Yeah, whether that's himself or some greater whatever, I, but, I, but, he, I would... but he's prepared to be despised by society, and to have to have no friends, etc. In the service of that, my I'm, the example of a group of antiheroes that comes to mind is, and it's com- comedic again, is the uh, is the uh, players in uh, Full Frontal Nerdity, which is a, a regular comic strip about about uh, a group of role players and their characters who are are noted for um, for exploiting, um, lying, and looting. Uh, across the cosmos, and have currently found themselves uh, being the uh, 
the, the knights at a head of, uh, of an order of uh, knighthood for an actually good god who has left them in charge of things, which is fun. Hmm. All right. Uh, I think the message I want to put forward from this segment is GMs and other players notice the heroic tendencies if it shows up in your fellow players um, and uh, please make uh, make allowance for it and uh, bear in mind it's probably uh, incurable at this stage. Uh, we'll say onwards! <laughs> in the affairs of role players, or at least a fashion, and one that seems to have come round again recently is character generation in a group. And since we've recently done this, I thought it was would be interesting to take a look at how this has gone over the years. And hang on, hang on, hang on. When when do you think the fashion has happened before? Well, the very early days. Um, friend friend of the show, Doctor Bob, pointed this out. In fact. Um, Early role playing, which for me means the early eighties, um, probably only one of us actually owns the rules. Um, but perhaps more, even more important than that, is character generation is quick. Um, yeah, you know, you, your your character is is dead, so run up a new one, and you can come back into play. And it's you know three d six six times, decide a class, pick some equipment. That's about it. Let me say that um, it very quickly becomes uh, roll four d six and take take the best three and assign the um, assign assign the the rolls which are all the same until RuneQuest comes out. Yeah, and then then there's other Earth's Arcana with the infamous method five where a fighter would be rolling nine d six for strength and stuff like that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but for for D and D first edition at least. Yeah. Um and they they where they they did have something like proficiency slots but they were never especially important except in the very late stages mm. the survival guide era which is practically proto second edition. Um and then it gradually got more sophisticated. Uh RuneQuest hmm RuneQuest 2 is not not super long. You have to allocate points among skills. I, th- I, I I seem to recall uh, generating characters for RuneQuest three um, in a group. Again, the issue being that uh, only the GM most likely had a copy of all the rules. Um, but uh, but it was it was fair it was fairly fast and stra- and straightforward. We uh, a, a practiced group who who knew what they were doing. Uh, could probably get through creating a character for everybody in an hour. But um, more time if you have uh, people who aren't used or, uh, to the rules or can't remember them. But So the, the progress from here, at least in my experience, which is obviously the universal experience, yeah. is we get older, we have a bit more money, we have uh, quite a bit less time. Uh, rules have become more complex, but we probably each have our own copy or we can share them in some way. Lethality goes down, so you don't have to generate a character mid-session. That's um, often, yeah, all right. But also, I think time at the table becomes more precious, because yes. you, you've only got your once a week, however many hours, 
slot for gaming in. So rather than, you know, if, if I'm generating a GURPS character, for example, um, that that's largely a head-down process. I think I think the the actual breakpoint um, where you start moving away from doing it as a group is uh, when you get uh, characters which are designed uh, rather than um, rather than generated by a random process. Mm. I um, mean, let's take an early example, which we'll okay. come back to, um, of Traveller. Uh, the, right. the, the career system in Traveller, yes, you can do pretty quickly, and people wrote up uh, computer programs to do it. It was one of the first things that I, I wrote on my home yeah. computer. Um, but even with that in mind, it, it's, it's a fairly fast process. You know, yeah. start, start your turn three, roll for survival, pick your skill, roll a promotion, yeah. keep going. Um, it got more complicated with the uh, high guard and mercy oh yeah supplements, <laughs> oh yeah, which were rather fun, I thought. But uh, but well, yeah, definitely th- a, a game to play on your own. Th- this this is the thing I, I've certainly talked about before uh, of what I call game adjacent activities. Mm. Uh, generating traveller characters is, is a classic example of that. B- building building starships in traveller, um, building mechs yeah. in BattleTech. Mm. All, all of these are things that, to my mind, were um, certainly the way I used them, was to get a feel of being a role player, being involved in role playing, when the group was not available, for whatever yes. reason. Yeah. And now, of course, uh, we can argue on the internet instead. There was uh, supply of other role players. Um, so there, there, yeah. there was an early term in early role playing called blue booking, which was the things you wrote, wrote up. After the game, uh, between game sessions, and and before the game session started, yeah. the background stuff that you generated on your own, the fun you had on your own, whether it was writing stories or designing your character's coat of arms, it all added to the uh, to the background. I'm sure it still goes on, if not not as formally by that name, because I I know players who will bring in sketches of their characters. Um, who are people who are blessed, or people will use um, the online systems to design a miniature for their character. Um, yeah, I mean, sort of I, I have a player, I was chatting about this earlier, who will send me emails saying things like, I'm really interested in the way X bit of weirdness works in, in this game, you know, the interaction of magic and radioactivity, or the way FTL works in this setting. And here are some experiments my character would like to do. <laughs> yes, you know, the, that, that is the sort of engagement that I'm absolutely fa- in favour of. Yes, which will actually drive you slightly bonkers. No, it's great you, fun. Uh, uh, yeah. Because you're, you're, me being me, I actually have a guiding principle by which this stuff works. So I can, so I can answer those questions of what happens if you combine this effect and that effect and, and then, then measure this as a result of it. Yeah, but say, but you will find your players imagine things differently than you do, and will say, "But hang on, that means there can't possibly be free will, or the equivalent of uh, of whatever that may be." Zoom out to screen, and uh, so, some somebody clicking on a dialogue tree of "Oh, don't be silly," or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so, but, but that, anyway, that, yeah. as, as I see it, there, there is something of a return to this. 
because A, rules are getting simpler again, and therefore character generation is getting quicker again. Yeah. Um, obviously not if we're still playing the old games. I mean, you, you, you've played the latest iteration of RuneQuest. I have, which, yeah. Which, it which is... has the family background thing uh, that was originally deployed in Pendragon, and that, that's great if you want to detail family background. It is slightly more complicated than I would actually want to, than, than uh, is actually needed. But on the other hand, it has the other feature of the modern kind of, um, of, of character generation, which is it ties in with the other characters. Yeah. You are not just creating individual characters. You are creating a team, usually a team that has been together before. And has reasons to um, trust e- to trust each other. Yeah, so I, I think this is the the other thing it's come back to. Um, we we have both recently been in in a character generation session for the current mongoose traveller. Yeah, and, and, and that's, that's def- definitely. I, I don't think the mechanics are particularly good for doing it, but what it is trying to do is a laudable goal, which is say, okay. Here is your history and the, and the weird stuff you got up to, and here, uh, your PCA, and here is PCB's history. And okay, so how can we combine these so that you know each other? And when, when the yeah. merchant finds himself with a half-paid-off ship and a, and a need for crew he trusts because he can't afford to pay them, perhaps more to yeah. the crew who trust him, these are the guys he looks for. I think, um, yeah, the. The feeling I got when we were doing this on Sunday, apart from frustration at, um, at the fact we we did not have though we though we had a PDF, it was very difficult to navigate to and fro the various bits of the character generation, which is yeah. I, I the last time we played this with Watson Hall, um, the last time I played this, I, I wrote up a a text based checklist because it just wasn't all in one place. Damn it. Yeah, but uh, but uh, that doesn't help when it's and now turn to page forty six. Um, the what what I was going to say say was it struck me that there are three layers in the um, in the current character generation. There's the core life path system, which uh, generates the stats, generates the skill levels, and uh, and plays the game of are you going to go for another one? Are you going to risk? Your character starting to age, and it's noticeable that all the all all the three all three player characters, with both both the sets of characters chose to cut off at about the same point, risk one bit of aging and and then get out one or two at the most. Yeah, yeah. Even um, though the aging was pretty generous at that point, I mean it, it, it's two d six minus the tom- number of terms you've served, which starts for the aging purpose at four. So yeah. and, and if it if it's above zero, then nothing bad happens. But even so, I I think, well, not just role players. I think people in general are are averse, more averse to having things taken away than to having a thing potentially available they don't get, even if the yeah. effect is the it's... same. And I, I've I've played board games where, um, you start off with minus ten points on your water track. Hmm. And this is mu- this becomes much more of a priority among players than if they than if it started at zero and you could get ten points of the first spot on your water track. 
Yeah, it, it, uh, to those who have shall be given, and to those who have not shall be taken away, even the little that they have. The second level is the is the bit I think that comes out of mercenary and high guard and the other expanded uh, character generations of the sort of second generation of traveller rules. They're the bits that give interesting events and bits of background and things that make the the characters different from one another, even if they've pursued the same. Uh, the same careers. Yeah, and, and it, it's very noticeable that um, look, looking at the original Traveller books of NPCs or here, here are some pre-generated Marines or Navy personnel or whatever that you can use as PCs if you want to. Yeah, they they might have two or three skills and some unexceptional stats, and that's it. Yeah, uh, you can't you can't you you can't tell them apart. They're not. Uh, they're they're just. Um, they're they're just bunches of stats, and they haven't anything to them. Well, they're they're also short bunches of stats. Yeah. Um, now that the current mongoose has an event for each term, it, it, it's in in a fairly broad sense. I don't remember original high guard being very big on that, unless things went really quite badly wrong. But there, there the, were you, you could at least subdivide it from here. Here are four years in which I got promoted to. And the, and on this particular year, I was on a special assignment, and that that in um, itself is an event of a, of a thought. And and uh, and at this point, you you earned the uh, starburst for extreme heroism. Um, the, it, it's they, still radioactive. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, 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 posthumously, mostly as, as we as we may have noticed already. The uh, yeah, there there were the the current uh, system generates either an event. Or um, a, a mishap, which is what causes you to fall out of that career, and it may be usually as, as usually uh, it may be as simple as having your arm blown off, or um, as complicated as finding yourself uh, accused unjustly of uh, of a court martial crime. The and and then on top of that, there's the third layer, which is the one we found the hardest. Let me say, which was linking the characters together. Hmm. Giving them the bit you talk about uh, talked about about uh, whilst you were uh, whilst you were assaulting the uh, the, uh, the planetary fortress, um, this other character was your commanding officer or something like that. Or uh, and, and, you, and you you were on you were on this covert mission and I was selling guns to the other side at only three times their the real price. Yeah. Oh. You remember the trouble you you I, I, the trouble you got in with Lefty and how I got you out of it. I think the next stage in this in this design process is probably going to be that you can bank your connections. You you specify you are connected with each of these characters in some way. You can bank your connections to be used as um, explanation for suddenly acquired abilities. In the latter latter part of the narrative, uh, you you will find this in ongoing uh, TV series as they start to flesh out the character and give them some sort of um, depth and background. They will go in and say, "I can do this because I went to that kind of school," or "I can do that because I spent a year 
working as a circus roustabout. Um, yeah, though it's easier there because uh, in a TV series you can forget about the skill after it's been used if you have to. Um, yeah, yeah, you may forget about it, the players will not. Yeah. Uh, have you played uh, 316 Carnage Amongst the Stars? I think once or twice, maybe, yes. Um, I, I'm not particularly a fan of it as it stands, but it does have this particularly interesting idea of you. The, the core resolution is basically, here is, here is the crisis of this scene, and one of the characters will now have a flashback to a related thing in, in their murky past, and that they, they will guide that flashback to some extent into, and here is how I learned to solve problems like this. And then that, yeah. that, can, that, that can feed back into the present day, and they either solve it or they don't. I mean, that, I'm oversimplifying it, but I like, I like that idea. Yeah, there's a, there's a thing like that in Blades in the Dark, which is um, uh, which we're, which my current group is not very good at using, which is to say, when you get into trouble, aha, but I anticipated this might happen, and for a certain price in personal stress, I uh, I arranged for the guard to be on duty nearby, and if I blow this whistle, they will come round and arrest all of us. And to some extent, that that's also a way of getting away from the interminable planning scene, which I think we've talked about in at other times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my 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 late in the dark group has a tendency to go into uh, planning scenes when beyond what is allowed for by the strictures of the game. <laughs> Other things that I think this does, or at least can do, um, it makes sure you've got all the roles covered, so you can say, OK, you know, we, we've got uh, one shooty person, we're probably going to need at least two. Uh, can, some, can somebody go for that? Or, you know, Dave says, no, no, I really don't want to play the engineer again. I played the engineer the last three times. Or something like that. And, that, and, that's, and it, it's easy to sort out if you're all talking to each other face to virtual face. Rather than you know, I I email the GM and the GM says, "Oh well, okay," um, and then asks the other players, and, and it, 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 there's all a bit more friction. And and Dan travel and uh, Mongoose Traveler allows for this because it says before you start the campaign, take this list of uh, of of one point skills and allow the players to uh, to pick one for for each character until you've run out of the list. Mm. That I, I, should ensure. I do think there, there's, it's not perhaps a great match for the Traveller thing because you know, it's entirely possible to say, OK, I want to play a Marine. Um, I will organise my stats to be a really good Marine and then I, they, I will fail to get in because of a bad die roll and now, now I'm doing something else. Um, which can produce an interesting character with an interesting story. But it may not be the character you've actually wanted to play, or that the game or the, 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 that fills the slot that the game needed. Yeah, I think this is. I think this is part of the price you pay for the driver of of random character generation, or which gets the job done, but doesn't always deliver the product you actually you actually wanted in the first place. I actually quite fancy uh, something like doing it to this with something like GURPS, and instead of saying, roll to see if you survived, say, right, well, here are your options. If if, if you had this particular mishap and acquired these traits, that, that will acquire that will add a total of minus 15 points to your, of disadvantages to your character. I'm not or if, sure... Or if, you, or if things went well, then, you know, you can, you can take this plus 20 package. And, and then overall you have to fit in the, the campaign budget. 
I'm not at all sure you you can do um, a life path system with a designed character. It's it seems perverse. I've not seen uh, it done, but I think for a player who who is interested not in rolling the dice and finding out what will happen, enjoyable as that is, mm-hmm. but in saying, okay, so who is this person and who were they and why are they the way they are? Yeah, I think you could do it, but if you, um, I know, have um, have, have pre-written bits of... I, there was something like that in the... Uh, in one of the Tecumel, Adventures on Tecumel, which was the um, character generation system via a solo role-playing game for um, one of the uh, doomed uh, Tecumel uh, uh, gaming systems. It was very interesting. You you had um, two, I think, I, th- I think there were two... Um, uh, uh, accounts of of the youth of a character. I don't know if you could make it modular enough to. Um, it feels as if there has to be a certain amount of structure that you could slot modules of. This is what happened to you when you were young. This is what happened to you when you went to school. This is what happened to you in your first um, in your first step into the other adult world. This is your unhappy love affair. Okay, so so we've just reinvented central casting. Yeah, um, but <laughs> yeah, central casting um, uh, but tied to a, a, a halfway decent role-playing system instead of the hand-waving that it had. Well, um, the the way I used central casting when I did was, was to say, okay, th- this is the character it spat out for me. Now I will do the translation from this general system in which you know skill level one is utterly basic and skill level twenty is the best yeah. into the game I'm actually playing with considerations of point budget and so on. You could do that, but I think it would be interesting to do a life a a, a life modular life path um, tool for uh, role playing games. The the bet uh, can I I throw in the 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 fact that the best. Um, Random character generation system I've I've seen is Greg Stolz's for Rain. You take a, a, a handful of d10s, eleven of them, and you look for um, and you look for matches amongst them. And there is allowance for ma- matches up to five, and each set of match dice is a career that you spend some time in. Mm-hmm. So you might find yourself have, having a no, noble at four, uh, uh, officer at two, and um, a number of uh, a number of unmatched dice, which will give you um, small advantages, like you um, small bits of background, um, such as you were kidnapped by an evil cult, and they they had you on the altar and carved. Um, I had carved their symbol in, in your chest by the time you were rescued. This has given you this disadvantage, or advantage, as it may, as it may be. Mm. Each, I, I each get into cult meetings, easily. <laughs> <laughs> Getting out, hardly. <laughs> rips, rips his shirt open, it is I! You must let me in, I'm the chosen one. Yeah, you don't want to be chosen by that one. Yeah, and each die is worth a certain amount of points uh, in, in the game. It's really very cleverly done. And he's adapted it to the 
particular needs of individual settings, um, and others have done the same. It's, but but it's, does this tie into a group thing, or is it something essentially done? It solo? does. It's, a, it's essentially a solo uh, generator, but you. C- mm, I'm not sure how easily you could tie it into a group. Oh. Add, uh, allow, allow, add an extra die, add an extra point, and allow, hmm, allow the group to decide how each character's extra die gets assigned. That might work. Or even, you know, if, if I take this career and you take this career, well, we, we probably did some of it together. Yeah. The other thing that, that particularly occurred to me about this is it's a method of feedback between players and GM, uh, you know, uh, if um, GM has some, yeah, you, know, you don't you don't want to say up front all the details of what's going to be happening in the game because there's a certain pleasure in discovery. But I think this is a way for the GM to say, hmm, yeah, you got a lot of shooty people, but you haven't got anybody who can shoot when you're in a, on a high law level world, and, and you may be doing that. Or you know, okay, but what what are your social skills like? How, how how are you going to talk yourself out of situations if you can't shoot people, or whatever? Have you got a face map? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the uh, I I issued a general um, uh, a, a a general list of things that you might might want to have in your in your toolkit. I probably shouldn't have been so hard asked with Doctor Bob. About her desire to run um, uh, an asteroid miner, and I should. If you're listening, Doctor Bob, this is me apologising. Right. Hey. It, uh, but we ended up. I think the character we ended up with from her first run was uh, was it was the face man, and is going to be useful to you. So, I th- I think the the argument is at the moment in favour. Um, Obviously, there there are still systems where where this really isn't particularly practical. Again, mm. GURPS being the the canonical example of this. Yeah. Though I mean, similarly with Hero, it's it's similarly. Um, you know, you you may have an idea of roughly what you want the character to be like, but you've got you've got a chunk of maths between that and having a playable character. Just I'll I'll, I'll see you. I'll see you you your hero, and I'll raise you Ars Magica, but. One of the things about Ask Magic is that you have to design the covenant as well. It's a separate. It's it's not quite quite the group, but it is the group's um, setting for the entire campaign, hmm. and it's it's very much the thing that is going to decide what challenges and what sort of uh, resources. You're going to end up with well. Rain also, also it, it's a setting which should, in theory, outlive any single member of it, yeah. barring extremely bizarre life extensions. Yeah, um, and the I'm not sure any. It's like, it's like, like the mythical completed uh, Pendragon campaign. Uh, I'm not sure there are very many um, uh, examples of covenants which have have been played through enough that uh, all the extremely long-lived um, uh, initial characters have, have passed in, uh, to the other side. But, but at least in other. theory, that, that would be the basis for a long-running campaign. Yeah. And presumably you would, ha- you would have uh, characters retiring or whatever, and, and new ones coming yeah. in piecemeal yeah. rather than all at once, ideally. Yeah. 
Rain also requires, in fact, the big thing about Rain is that it is a game about a company, about an organisation and its leaders, rather than primarily being about the individuals. Mm. And um, that is something I really want to get back to Rain for and see if I can um, make it work. There are, I think there are lacunae in the, in the game design which um, haven't yet been filled in, but it would actually be a pleasure to try and fill it in, I think. So, yes, the group has become important. There are advantages to it, I think it's fair to say. Um, It's it's not for every character generation. One one of the problems, of course, is okay. Well, what what happens now when when one character is uh, become goes out of play, or you at, need to add a new one? Either players move away or join, or the the character dies. You're not necessarily you, you need a new character. You can't do it instantly. Can you guide it enough to say right? Well, this is a character you're going to fit into the 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 um, face man shaped hole in the party. Yeah. Um... And on the other hand, you may discover that you didn't need the face man, or that that if you change the function of that character, you can change perhaps in good ways the um, uh, the nature of the campaign. Maybe uh, maybe losing somebody is the chance to rewrite the campaign specifications. To do another thing, a fresher thing than the thing that you have been doing. Okay, but in that case, you definitely need to be able to. You you need a much a, a much more controlled system of generation because you know, whatever whatever it is you've decided you don't want or do want, it, it it's nice to have some idea that that's what gonna, what you're going to get. Yeah. Um, well, those systems which come with both uh, random. Uh, and designed character options are... Well, I think that's most systems nowadays. Mm. The the thing... I, I, I quite like templates in GURPS 4th edition, but I do think they missed a trick. The the standard GURPS 4th edition template is, you know, here is a, a time patrol man or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it will say, you know, the, these stats, these core skills, and now pick three from this list of seven. What I want is just a little different from that. I yeah. want a stat block that is immediately ready to play. And then underneath it, customization notes which say you can take out these three skills which are less essential and then swap in some some of the ones off this list instead. But that, hmm. that but that stat block should be instantly ready to play. It's it's an instant NPC, security guard, whatever. And well, it's mostly. an instant PC if, if somebody needs a character in a hurry. And then it can be customised if there's time. It shouldn't have to be customised. We haven't touched upon the whole range of Powered by Apocalypse and its de- and, and their descendants, um, where you, you are doing the character generation in advance by creating the character sheets that can then be specialised, uh, that can, can then be honed down to what the player either wants or is willing to put up with. What I've seen, um, you don't typically have a lot of decisions to make setting up a character for that. You know, here is one of the standard sets of stats you can have. Uh, pick a name. Here is a list of suggested names. Uh, pick your one special power, and you'll you'll be able to get more later. Yeah, 
but it's it, it's not only that, but it, it, the character sheets are written to the assumptions of the genre or setting that you're going to, mm. and that and all that is baked in. Sometimes it's sometimes it's hard baked, um, as when it's adapting to a specific um, a specific se- uh, named setting or. Or, or a very narrow um, set of possibilities, and sometimes it's broadly baked, like um, Dungeon World is, uh, which has a pretty wide range of types of dungeon crawl focused fantasy campaigns you can do. But it, it, the the developer has made a lot of choices for you. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Uh, but it, uh, and it certainly speeds uh, things up. But you have to be able to buy into the set of assumptions um, that you're going with, and some of the sets of assumptions will be marked to be discovered later as the cause of the apocalypse is in apocalypse world. You something bad happened to the world at the start of the campaign. You don't know exactly what it was, but things have turned to shit. Yeah, though uh, I think that you, you've also. The the a lot of the decision is being made when the the GM and players collectively decide. Okay, we are going to be playing Apocalypse World as opposed to um, the Between or Veil or whatever. Yeah, it, it it is presented as a separate game, though it has a lot of the rules in common. Yeah, and th- then you have the niche protection because it's generally recommended you don't have two people with the same playbook. Yeah, the, which are effectively of... character classes. They are. And um, and uh, and each per- each person has a, a thing that they do. The, you can break the rule uh, with the greatest of ease, but uh, at the start, it's pretty it's, it's pretty good practice not to. Hmm. Um, but then, what, once you got to that point, you say, "Okay, well, I'm going to be playing the gunlogger in Apocalypse World, for example." Yeah. And well, okay, you know, I've I've. I'm picking a name. I'm picking one of the sets of stats. I'm choosing three three of the um, special. Only I can do this moves. Uh, that's about it. But then you start discovering you. And it's where where the saying "play to find out out what happens" uh, comes from. You're playing to find out what's important to the players and the GM, and what. Um, and what the world is really like. Yeah, well, one of the things that's um, occurring to me here is that the more you put into the character's backstory, uh, particularly with something like tra- the Traveller or other life path systems, Yeah. on the one hand, you're saying, yeah, they, they did awesome stuff before now, but on the other hand, you're saying they did awesome stuff before now. And I think, to, to me at least, the, the best role-playing campaigns are, yes, this character has a past... But this is where their real adventures begin. Point. Yes. So uh, th- this is why, for example, when, when I was running up, running up the merchant, um, I specifically picked he was on a very boring trade line that went from world A to world B and then C and then back to A. Yeah. Because that that is why he now finds himself uh, he, he, uh, in, in his 30s with half a free trader and a ridiculous mortgage uh, commitment, <laughs> Be- because he he he's essentially had an early midlife crisis and decided, no, I, I don't want to do this. I want to see stuff. 
Oh, where no man has gone before. Well, you don't want to go and there. Soul because stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you want to go where some uh, people have gone before, and uh, and and they they now need a uh, sixty-five crates of bouncy, a uh, bouncy bubble beverage. Cheap, sir. Cheap. Just fell, fell off the, fell, fell off the back of a subsidised merchant. But that—that's also a consideration, and I, I'm not saying that a campaign needs to start with a life-changing event. But it's not a bad thing if it does. Um, I'm not sure. We, I'm not sure how you do a life-changing event and make sure that it's life-changing. If it was well, the in, in the case first... of Traveller, uh, the, the simple version is we've all mustered out of these relatively stable jobs and at now about we're the same time, time. and, and, and yeah. we find ourselves at liberty. Yeah. Character generation in a group can be fun, and I, I'm glad it's, it's come back. Um, on the other hand, I do enjoy going off and doing the thing alone, which is... All my all my GURPS campaigns tend to be, um, this is what it's about, uh, what sort of character would you like to play? Yes, that's fine. Or, well, have you ever considered the possibility of doing this instead? Um, what, or you, you I, all want to play mad scientists? In, in some some uh, campaigns I've been in, it's de rigueur. Well, normally mad, mix of mad scientists and mad magicians. Hmm. It, it, it's such a thin line, really. It's tr- oh, the th- it's the thin line of the laws of reality, which is crossed on a daily basis. I, I would prefer to regard them as suggestions. Anyway, I, as I say, it, I do like the the way we can we can go away and create something that will will suit um, uh, the 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 described uh, situation. Yeah, I like also, that in GURPS. Yeah, not not to denigrate anybody, but I think that is probably a thing more for experienced role players. Uh, I mean, we we have been we have generated over the years many 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 characters. We have a yeah. pretty good idea of say of take, taking of setting briefing and thinking. Okay, you know, this is the sort of person who'd fit into it. And sometimes it's not just nice just to say, okay, so here are some options. Hmm. I think I. I know players who have been playing for many years who who are utterly helpless um at creating their own characters and need um and or just aren't interested in uh, retaining that sort of thing and I still want them in my game so um mm. we give we give we give them a little help but um yeah it is it is more fun for hobbyist well for people who have the hobbyist bug uh, than it is for others also, I mean, I, I, I was enjoying that character session purely as, as a mechanical exercise. It uh, was, I don't think that is true of every role player. I would have been happier if we'd been doing it around a table. Mm. I, th- I, th- I think Dr. Bob would have been as well. Mm. Uh, because... And yeah, I, I, we, we found in, in the Traveller uh, Watson Hall game as well that there, there was one player who just had really bad dice luck. And it it does its best, but yeah, okay. Th- this is the version of Traveller that whole, has a whole section titled "Medical Debt," so you know. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 the the original Traveller sort of altered the future so it would look like the nineteen seventies quite a bit. 
Um, but uh, but I, f- I feel that altering altering the uh, future, so it looks like 21st century America, is really a little bit perverse. Well, on the one hand, the the idea is that that uh, you you should be leaving your career, and you you have a need for money. Yeah. Because uh, even even if you've got your pension, you can't really live on it. And I, th- I think the, the medical debt is part of that. You know, ra- rather than say, okay, you're invalided out of your career, you've lost some stats, good luck. It's, well, yeah, we, we, we got you a cyber spleen to replace the, the spleen that you got shot off in the service of the emperor. But... Yeah. And so, and so you can have this uh, uh, cyber spleen, or you could have the good cyber spleen for only uh, signing this piece of paper. Yeah. Don't read the fine print. So I think our conclusion is it's good to see it back. It's not it's not the universal answer. No. Um, but it's... A, a thing that I've tried to do even with a game like GURPS is yeah, okay, we know we know it's the last session of the previous campaign. Can can we take half an hour to chat about character ideas without, you know, putting any numbers down, but just saying ending up with Okay, John is going to play the engineer, and somebody else is is going to play the marine, or whatever it might be. Yeah, and then, then we can go away with a, with a good starting point for doing the actual actual character generation in numerical terms. I I, I think that is the 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 common pattern, and uh, it is hard sometimes to say to people. But we really need something other than what you want to play. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I, uh, I, I, I try as a GM not to do that. But yeah. sometimes it's tricky, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, thank you for, for your thoughts. Uh, I, shall, I, I shall preserve them in aspic somewhere or other. And we will, be, uh, we will roll on to the end of the programme. like to tell us about your brilliant insight into character generation and why we should adopt it then you can contact us by uh, leave a message on the website or email podcast at tekeli.ly and we will be back heroically next month mm-hmm.